Bring back my girls. We are here for another episode of RuPaul's Drag Race podcast version season one. Now to introduce the queens. <laughs> This is Penny Bear, looking a bit sweaty there. <laughs> I am a sugar and a plum, because I am that brown girl in the ring. Tra la 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 la. Fluffy and puffy, I am Matress the Empress. Lay on me, and I'm lay on you. <laughs> Whenever I imitate um, like the girl from RuPaul, I put an American accent and I'm like, I can't do an American accent, so I just try and talk as normal as possible. <laughs> Wait, did you put on an American accent? Right I there? thought I didn't. I didn't think so either. No. I did. Really? I oh, yeah, tell. you put it. Yours, yours is very subtle. Yours. I couldn't tell. You, yeah, like, thanks. Just sound normal. You know, it's so funny because, like, being born and raised in, like, California, Really? Like, I just love Starbucks. Is that California and Mount Druitt? Look. The twang is from like Doonside or St. Mary's. Rudy Hill. You really have to know. I represent Rudy Hill, essentially. Wow, that's amazing. Good for you. Rook the Hill, what you gonna do? Gonna give you a check and a bill. Wow, that improv. Nice, I love that. Thank you. Yeah. Really, beautiful. Welcome to another episode of The Nights at the Brown Table. This is through Pacific Islanders sharing their view and the lens through which we see the world. I'm Sefa. I'm Sila. To the vast as glad to the interwebs, it is I, your favorite songstress, seamstress, mistress, mattress, actress in a fortress, who is stressed and an empress. And now I am also very impressed <laughs> by the love and support that you have all shown me throughout these past four weeks i am <laughs> thank you to all the all the people out there that want to be mattresses like me i'm just so flabbergasted oh so it's, it's, it's no longer night at the brown table it's, it's shalama and friends at the brown it's table just night at the brown table singular <laughs> not plural anymore okay well wow, okay. well what a week it has been i guess i want to take this opportunity to kind of debrief on what's been happening with everyone this past week and just off the cuff of last week's episode. Um, so there's one that I've kind of been seeing going around at the moment and there tends to be, for me personally, I get a vibe of very holier-than-thou attitudes um, across social media in terms of George Floyd himself and the things that he did in his life and how that's been perpetuated in the media. So just amongst, I guess, some of my social media, which is mostly um church people uh and it's been very interesting to unpack how that feels for me uh and yeah i wanted to grasp what you both feel about a video that's been circulating of candace owens i think for me my thoughts on on candace owens at the end of the day i that's her experience and i do not discredit it um because when we're talking about um black people and the issues that they face and their feelings for me i'm just like even though I may disagree with her opinion, I that's that's her experience, and it's to me it's it's still valid. I shouldn't say still valid; it is valid. Um, when it comes to in regards to George Floyd, um, I disagree. I don't think that someone at the end of the day he may have a criminal record or whatever, but 
I don't think that he has been held up as a hero. For me, I feel like it's the, the straw that broke the camel's back. For literally hundreds of years, people have been oppressed. They've been systemically judged unfairly or treated unfairly. So for me, when it comes to George Floyd, I feel like this is what people are just sick and tired of, of feeling this way. And this is what kind of like just pushed the movement even more forward. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't think he's being held up as a martyr. I'll admit that it's possible that news outlets are spinning that story. But the ground support comes from the outrage at the injustice of the circumstances surrounding his death. Even if we were to take into account all his criminal activity, the injustice remains which is the bigger point behind this whole movement. And Candace even admits that Derek is a despicable character and deserves punishment. So the purpose behind her video was confusing. At, towards the end of her video, she raised the statistics of crimes committed by black people. And I won't even dispute the accuracy of those stats. I just didn't come to the same conclusion that she did. At, by the end of it, she was implying that what happened to George Floyd is just what happened. But instead, when Candace labeled criminals the lowest denominator, I asked myself if this is how a society treats that group of people and the reaction of that society is indifferent, what does it say about that society? I think um, for me personally, regardless of what you feel about the things that George Floyd did when he was alive, regardless of your thoughts in, in that respect, um, no one should die that way. And I think that's a really big takeaway about the situation. I mean, a lot of people are focusing on who he was as a person. For me, you know, I'm a person that believes in opportunities. I'm someone that believes in someone being able to grow from their experiences and grow from their mistakes. Um, who are we to judge somebody based on what they've done? And I guess that really perpetuates the holier-than-thou attitude that I've been seeing from a lot of members from the church on Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially, like, off the cuff of these people are posting these posts and seeing them post about George Floyd with such a judgmental mindset, it really highlights how hypocritical people can be when some of our leaders have said some questionably racial statements in the past, such as Brigham Young. I, I think for, for me, I agree with... Like, you know how you were saying that black people can, from Candace Owen's opinion, is that they are considered the lowest denominator at the bottom of the ladder. For me, I don't think that should be applied in regards to their value or what they offer. I think it can be applied to where they are currently put by American society, in my opinion. Yeah. And maybe um, she meant that. Yeah, Maybe. yeah. And so for me, it can also, like, you can see that with how, for example, how they treat or the rhetoric and the voices and opinions surrounding George Floyd, where, like, a, a, a person's value shouldn't be... What they can give. Exactly. Um, and, you know, with, with the, I know with the, I think it's the American Army, they have that saying where no man gets left behind. But all of a sudden, you think that they should be left behind if they presented a fraudulent note, then, yeah, we leave them behind by killing them. Or, for example, Tamir Rice, yeah, we'll leave him behind by shooting up a little 12-year-old boy who's playing in a park in, in the park with his sister, playing with a toy gun. For me, I just don't think that it is fair. And with what, with what Lamar was saying, if we're going to apply that, you know, that mentality of everyone gets judged according to the things they've done, their value of life is demeaned every time they've done, you know, made a mistake and whatnot, then we need to apply that same logic in every circumstance in life. 
you need to apply that same logic to your mother, to the prophet or to the church leaders that you go to. So for me, I'm like, keep that same energy if you're going to do that. With George Floyd and everyone saying that he's been held up as this, you know, as the Martin Luther King of this day, that's not the case. People are just wanting, they just want justice to come mm. about. It's like what you were saying last week, where who, regardless of what he's done, the value is that he has a, he's, he's human. human and that's how he should be treated. And I think, to me, she ended up contradicting herself because she highlighted and does not deny the fact that Derek Chauvin, the police officer who had killed George Floyd, she does not deny the act that he did. And she says that it is despicable and you should have justice served upon him. Yes, I agree with that. But you can't admit to that happening and then later deny that police brutality isn't a thing. Personally, I've been taking the time to kind of just really reflect on, I guess, like, how grateful I am just to be living at the moment. Social media feeds have just been flooded with so much support about Black Lives Matters, um, just showing support with Black people of colour and whatnot. So much so that I've kind of felt, like, really pressured to post something as well. But the thing for me was I, feel like, I felt like I couldn't post um, anything because I I didn't have the proper information or I felt like I wasn't able to articulate how I felt properly. Um, it really highlighted the luxury of time that I have and that time is a privilege in itself and there is no perfect timing and the timing to act is now. So I've seen so many people going going out on the streets and going to these protests. Silla went to a protest today. <laughs> um, I loved it. Yeah. How was that? Um, for me, so throughout this week, because it was only I think it was a I, I saw the the poster a, a few days ago, and so yesterday we were excited, we were talking about it, and then when I was on Twitter, I saw that they had the police, the New South Wales Police Commission had put forward for it to be deemed illegal. And then as soon as it was, I started getting scared. And I think for me, I know this sounds, it probably sounds really irrelevant or kind of stupid, but I was just like, this is a tiny glimpse of how a lot of um, black people feel the anxiety of anything can happen or something could happen. And so when we went today, like there was some media that approached me for some reason. And when I examined the portion of the crowd I was in, we were the few colored people that were there. And so um, he approached me and he goes, oh, can we talk to you? And I was like, sure. And he goes, why are you here? And I looked at him and I go, oh, I'm here to support black people and to amplify their voices. And then as he tried to ask me more questions, I said to him, I go, I'm really sorry, but I'm the wrong person to talk to. If you want to understand why everyone is here, you can talk to the organisers, they're up the front. I go, or if you see anyone that is Aboriginal or black, they're the right people to talk to. And so he stared at me and I realised that he was a bit confused because he must have thought, are you not black? And so I turned to my um, my Aboriginal friend, Casper, who was a few people down from me, and I go, oh, maybe you can ask her how she feels. And so I pointed to her, he went over... I think today was, uh, as soon as I got there, I felt this overwhelming sense of emotion because I was just like, the whole preparation was, I just want um, my friends and family and people who I do not know, black people, to know that um, we, uh, we stand with them. 
that we hear them, we hear their experiences and I just wanted them to know that they are not alone. And 50,000 people turned up and all of us were assuming that the worst could happen. I had written a lawyer's hand on my arm, as you can see, with um, a permanent marker and I don't know how long it will be there. So I will try to scrub with bleach. When we got that, we, we prepared for the worst just in case something would happen. But I'm grateful that it was, it was a good outcome. How many people were there? 50,000. So we went from Town Hall to Balmore Park. And when we got to Balmore Park, we knelt for, I think it was eight minutes. And then there was a bit of a party. Uh, people were just playing music and just being able to, to be with everyone and, and, and feel that vibe. It was a good experience. How did it feel to be with so many people in that way? Like, I think because when, when we heard that, it was, you know, we could get arrested or, or whatever. I was dropping it. And because at that time, us and our cousins, we had organized to go by, you know, to go together. When that came about, I could feel that the tone of our cousins' chat kind of changed because we were feeling anxious, we we're on mm. edge. But seeing, like being together mm. with them and going there, I tell you, as soon as we got to town hall and I raised my, my Black Lives Matter placard, uh, on the back of my placard, um, I had written Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s quote, which is, true peace is not merely the absence of tension. It is the presence of justice. No peace, no justice. For me, as soon as I raised that and, I heard, and we started chanting Black Lives Matter, I just got all teary and emotional. And even though I had my face mask on and I was struggling to breathe <laughs> because there was a filter and everything, I felt heard to yell that as loud as I could. In regards to the public health and safety thing, because mm -hmm. even like New Zealand has been the forefront, the leader in regards to the response to COVID-19 under Jacinda Ardern, even she slammed the protests in New Zealand. How do you, how would you respond to something like that if you were to say, if you were to weigh up one, one issue over another? Like I do know that COVID-19, it's, it's a risk of life as well. But when it comes to the Black Lives Matter movement, it's not only a risk of life, it's a risk of quality of life. And for me, that's important. So all of us did everything we could. We carried sanitizer. People at the protest, they had sanitizer and then were giving out face masks as well. So we had a face mask, we had sanitizer. We tried to keep as much distance as possible. But at the same time, you can't really, you know, because there was 50,000 people there. Like with what Lamar was saying, with how people have been saying, focusing on our, that we need to focus on our own backyard. And for me, when I say... When I hear own backyard, I don't, in my mind, it's not just Australia, it's the Pacific as a whole. Yeah. When we went today, we went with one of our friends who is Aboriginal. And at the same time throughout this week, I've been reading and watching things to be able to be a lot more aware of the current situation with Aboriginal lives in, in Australia and also with West Papua Liberation Movement. And so with Aboriginal and Indigenous people, looking into it, there are 432 people that have died while in custody since the last commission and there have been no convictions. And just looking into how the media portrays and some of the things that have come about when it comes to Aboriginal lives, you can see that racism is very much still real here in Australia. For example, when it came to Alan Goods, who was an AFL player, he was racially taunted at a game by a kid and he of course, yelled back in frustration and the media immediately attacked him. 
They didn't attack what he was called. That just didn't make sense to me. And then you see it at the same time with any Aboriginal Indigenous person who cloaks, athlete who cloaks themselves in the Aboriginal flag. Again, people attack them. And for me, I just do not understand. Or they don't uh, sing the anthem. Exactly. But at the same time, like, you know, with the not singing the anthem, I was watching on Stan, there's a program called Red Fern Now, and there's season one and two that are available. And as I was watching it, um, there was an Aboriginal boy who gets a scholarship to go to, uh, you know, a, a private school. And there he, his father tells him, don't, I just want you to know that you don't have to sing the anthem if you don't want it. And the boy had never heard of it. Apparently he said that they sing it at NRL games, but he would just sit there. Um, going through the, the lyrics of the Australian anthem, it makes sense to me why Aboriginal people do not sing it. Um, they are not represented in the anthem. Mm. Um, they have been, they were classified as flora and fauna. Um, they were, you know, with Mabo, he fought for Aboriginal people to be, uh, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders to be able to have land. And so for me, I can just see how the fight for them is still very real even today. The government has come in strides from before, but there is still a long way to go. There are still a lot of things to change. Something that I had learnt this week was the push to defund the police. My initial reaction to this is that it's ridiculous and stupid. An overreaction with little thought into the consequences. However, after digging around the Black Lives Matter website, I found out that it wasn't just about taking away money from the police, but to use that money to invest in the black communities. This sounds like more of a plan to me. I think it's important to note that we use short slogans on social media because there's a limit on how much can fit in a square or in a caption. So it was easy for me to project what the rest of that statement meant or implied. And that's what happened. The idea of investing in the upbringing and life of the people rather than the focus of their punishment reminds me of a quote by Thomas More. He said, for if you suffer your people to be ill-educated and their manners to be corrupted from their infancy and then punish them for those crimes to which their first education disposed them, what is to be concluded from this but that you first make thieves and then punish them? Um, I just feel like we are so lucky. I was researching about the civil rights movement, the riots that took place in LA 92 to even the Stonewall riots that took place as well and I can't fathom how people felt back in those days to the point where they needed to stand up for themselves in such a huge manner essentially what is happening today you know for me just to wake up and to live and to have the freedom that I have is something that I'm super grateful for and something that I, I suppose that I've been taking for granted but reflecting upon the research that I've done this week I, I just chalk it up to being so grateful to be alive, to be living, and bruh, I am a queer <laughs> member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Like, just even saying that out loud, I, I, I don't think someone 20, 30, 40 years ago would be able to openly say something like that. And comfortably yeah. feel persecution. Yeah, so I, I, I'm just super grateful for just life essentially talking with my with my cousin we were talking about you know us wanting to be there for the you know for the whole black lives matter movement i was telling her so with me struggling with depression 
Um, something that I don't like is when people try to tell me how to fix it or they try to tell me how to feel or they say, oh, you know, you just need to, you just need to think of the positive stuff or if you pray enough, you can pray it away. And for me, um, I say to her, I go, that is the worst thing you can mm. say to someone when they're going through a hard time. For me, something that I love and always brings me healing is when someone can just sit there and be with me. It's enough for me to know that they are there, that they love me, that they hear me. And so for me, I apply the same mentality to those who are struggling any, with any type of darkness or injustice or feelings of being alone. I want them to know that I stand with them, that I'm, I'm here and that I love them. And I apply that same mentality to the Black Lives Matter movement, to anyone who is part of our faith. That's the same call I call out to them. But for me, I'm just like, as Christians, that is what we say that we do. We say that we believe in Christ, we love him, then we should extend that same love to other people. Should we do a game? Yeah. To liven it up? Yeah. Yeah. Can I just say, I feel really good for some reason, so I just want to like put no. my hands oh my out. COVID-19. COVID-19 still is touching me. Someone's touching me, but I like it. But I like it. But it's been so long. It's been three months of isolation. Can you touch me, but... Can you touch me, but have a deep voice? Like, for me, I just... My heart feels good. Yeah. To the game segment. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. So um, the game that we're going to play is the the cards brought from the Bobo and Flip. Oh, okay, Lamar, can you introduce it? The cards that we will be going to play with are called the Reflex Game from at Flex Mummy. Flex Mummy is an Australian. Just she's an all-round goddess. She's a militant queen. She is my wifey. She has all that in the bag of chips and everything that I need to be. Essentially, these cards are to help, um, I guess, tease out like critical discussions. And so the cards have questions on them. Scylla has apparently chosen a few cards. <laughs> oh, and, and, and FYI. There may be some cards that are There may be some cards okay. juicy because we want we want some we want some thoughts from um BYU I candy essentially. BYU we want to tease out some of the <laughs> You know, last week I talked about like his inflated ego at 23. So I just want to see what happened. Hey, <laughs> Wait, inflated ego. Did it go away or We will find out tonight. And for all those who want a pillowcase, it will be in your mailbox soon. Anyways, yes. so what we're going to do is we'll draw a card and we'll just have the one question everyone answers. Yeah, okay. And with the questions, you can't just, you have to do the, and why? Like, why did you okay. give the answer? Who will be the first to draw? I'll go. Okay. Wait, stuff you, you planted the question. No, no, right? I didn't do the first one. Okay. Would you rather live without... I'm not actually. 
I don't want to answer this. This is fine. It's rude, oh, man. Oh, man. Then no, it's not going to be rude while I'm on. Then you be rude. This one that we asked to go awkward. No, that's the same thing happened. Literally. What's up with that? I feel like it's a universal thing, man. What are you? I'm not going to put it in. I'm going to edit it out. What's up with that attitude? Okay, name one thing you love about everyone here. Oh, oh no, okay, I'm next, next. No. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay, we're in the field. Oh, my gosh. Oh, how do you want to die? Epic. I want an epic way to go out. As in, if I were to, if I were to die in some sort of big spectacle. Like and when I'm, Kelly and Michelle jumped out of the stage at the Super Bowl. If I just and go, Pity shoot all the up. way up. It's heaven. All you the way up. Yeah. Like honestly, and if it if it could somehow be recorded, like we're going for a big spectacle, oh, I'm all, I'm all good with that. Like I've been I I've, I've been skydiving a couple of times, and I was like, if this parachute doesn't open up, this is a pretty good view. Well, okay, I'm total opposite. For me, how I want to die is I want to die of a sickness so that I can prepare myself and my family. Like I want them to know that I love them, even though they, I know they already know I love them, but I want to have time to talk with them and let them know how much they've added value to my life. So I want to die, I know this sounds stupid, but like slowly, <laughs> but I want to die knowing that I've tidied up everything and plus I have time to repent and right any wrongs that I've done. Make, way to um, make me look selfish. So I've already planned my funeral. Yeah, so essentially my funeral has already been planned. I have, um, so I don't want anyone to be wearing black. Yeah, that's like me already. So I'm I'm going to be cremated. So please, if any of my family members are listening, please remember I want to be cremated. I do not want to be buried. I do not want maggots all over me. That is not how I want to go out. Like, I do not want that. And then we're going to go to a cliff. And my favorite songs are going to be playing. There's going to be like this long walkway up to the edge of the cliff. And it's just like a parade, essentially, like each period of my life, like wow. every decade of my life. Just important things that will have a slideshow. That'll be a long funeral, eh? On the cliff. Slideshow on the cliff, on the cliff even. So, yeah, slideshow. Um, wow. Probably have like some blankets. Because wow. uh, it might be at night too, because a funeral doesn't have to be like in the day. But you do know that someone funerals, it's usually a, a long family service. And then the next day, there's another, like a you know, funeral service. But I'm also German Chinese. So. <laughs> so don't at me. And then, you know what? We're going to go out to the edge of the cliff and then we're going to be singing 525,600 minutes. And then um, they're going to let my ashes go and the ashes are going to fly, fly, and then fly back and see everybody and then I'll be part of everybody. And now I know the question asked how I wanted to die. Exactly. I was that gonna was say, I'm like, that's the um, funeral. That's, we that's, just went, I'm glad you've got it planned. Get there? How did we get there? That's the question. You know, it's such a great question. You know, it's, it's a really great question. Wow. So let's unpack this. What does it What does it mean to die? Like define dying. <laughs> we haven't got time. <laughs> we haven't got time to unpack that. Answer the damn question. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Next question. Next go. You want to draw? Make sure there's no more nasty ones. There's no, that was the only nasty one you didn't answer, <laughs> you fitchin' frigid. Answer the question, you frigid. Hurry up! Why are you scared? Hurry up, you incels. No. Why are you scared? No, I have an answer. I just didn't want people just to know what the answer Why? <laughs> Why are you scared? I didn't want people to know my answer. <laughs> In what ways are you hard to date? 
me, I enjoy my alone time a lot. So I'm difficult in the sense where I don't think I can be with someone 24-7. Mm-hmm. It gets very exhausting for me. <coughs> so if you want to do a long-distance relationship, hit me up. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> I also have a plan for my relationship, um, <laughs> essentially. <laughs> so I'm free Monday, Mondays of each week, and that's it. <laughs> I think for me, I'm uh, I, I like to treat everyone like they're my family. And so I think it's a defense mechanism because then I don't want anyone to know if I'm interested because then you show vulnerabilities and they have the power to hurt you. And mm. so for me, I'm, I'm very guarded in that sense. And so that's why it's, I think it's hard. You're a friend zone now. Family zone. Oh. <laughs> not getting in a friend As zone. As a preemptive strike. Yeah. Who knows if they could be yeah. interested, they're not interested. But I do it to protect myself. I get that. Mm. Oh, we're doing one more? Yeah, one more. Alrighty. When is cheating okay? What is that? When, when is, is cheating, cheating okay? okay? Never. I don't think ever. I think if... In relationships we're talking about? Or in we, tests? Whatever you, you want. Cheating. Oh. Okay, to be honest, I cheated a lot on a lot of tests in high school. But not as in people... Not in as in I got answers from other people. People needed answers from me. And I had to serve the people. Oh, I'm like a Robin Hood <laughs> of what? my high school. Uh, that Stop is talking just... out of your... Oi. Nah, it's true. It's true. I just wanted You're to honest. serve I just wanted people. to serve and help the people. But when it comes to relationships... I'm so charitable. I just want to help people and let them cheat from me. Like, honestly... Okay, I don't know if... if You guys... I don't know if you know this. I don't want to flex, but... Siosefa means charity in Tonga. Really? Wow. wow. You're literally your name. So you cool. are a charity case. I love that. Okay. Different interpretation of that word and that flipped real fast. <laughs> I am thoroughly embarrassed. Oh. What, what about it? you? How about you? I'm um, cheating. Oh, let me take a common sense of relationship. Um, so I can understand the concept of cheating. It has happened to me. Whether it's okay or not, that's it's. I, I'm not sure. I guess okay. Well, I'm not. Sh- it's not that I'm not sure. I don't like. It's not okay. Yeah. But I can understand why someone would cheat. If that makes sense. So are you saying it's okay? No, I'm saying. So you understand why they cheat? The act itself is not okay but i would understand why someone would cheat in terms of my own experiences i did i was not the one i cheated let's get that straight but i understood why this person cheated in a sense so i didn't like it it hurt like hell but i did understand why does that make sense yes you look confused. Or... I don't know. Because I think we're all talking, like, you know, there's the relationship cheating and there's cheating yourself in life by, you know, cutting corners and doing stuff in order to get ahead in life. Like, there's that aspect of cheating. But for me, when it comes to relationship cheating, in my opinion, it's never okay. Yeah, so I agree. Mm. But I can understand why someone... I, I understand why yeah, I this can, person cheated. Yeah, I can, yeah, I can understand why people cheat. 
But I'm just like, that's so selfish. <laughs> Sorry. But when you say you understand why they cheat, as in you understand the thought process and you understand somebody's reasoning. Yeah. But do you think it's justified? No, he doesn't. No. no. Okay. I'm Safa. I'm Kathleen. <laughs> oh my god, this is my bike! This is normal, this is normal. Okay, setting you, setting you. Are we going for high five names? Yeah, but do it like, yeah. No, it's your own name. Am I yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah, it's our own name. Oh, I'm Sefa. I'm Sila. And I'm Shalma. <laughs> <laughs> this has been another episode of Nights at the Round Table. <laughs> Whoa, yeah. <laughs> I feel like you're possessed by legions (laughs) and they're all coming out. (laughs) I am your mattress. The Empress. Thank you for having me tonight. That's what you asked, babe. <laughs> Wait, cut that one part out. I'm gonna <laughs> replace it. Nah, keep it. Keep it. Yeah, after, the, after the end music plays. <laughs> <laughs> no, you should just like. Okay. No, I'm just like. See you next time. Put a smile on your tongue. We'll see you in a little while. Do you know that? Today. Yeah, let's do that. Wait, wait, where's that from? Put a smile on your tongue. Is it an Aussie show? Yeah, Aussie show comes on. It used to come on at nine o'clock or nine thirty on Channel Nine. Oh, not SBS late at night. Yeah, I want to. I want to end it. I want to end it like high five. Okay, how does it go?